0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 300 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and the Rangers obviously coming off of What was arguably their most complete win of the season last night, a 6-2 home win against the Boston Bruins in Madison Square Garden. They had about 2,000 fans in attendance. It was great to hear some Ranger fans cheering from the stands in Madison Square Garden, and uh, they made a little bit more of an impact in this game than I think a lot of us maybe anticipated that they would. I mean, it's great to have fans. Ranger fans are the best. That's always uh, awesome to be able to get them into the building and have them cheering on this team, but... You know, you hear 2,000 or so fans, you think like, oh, yeah, there will be a little bit of noise, but probably won't be that noticeable. But no, you could really hear these Ranger fans uh, right through the TV. There were a couple different instances in the game that I thought really stood out. You've got, first of all, near the end of the first period. You could hear the fans loud and clear. They gave them a nice ovation. The first period ended with the Rangers up one nothing, and having played a solid 20 minutes of hockey there. Uh, you also get a Let's Go Ranger chant near the end of the second period that was very loud. And then there was also a really nice uh, hand for the team at the end of the night. The salute to the crowd from the players was fantastic. The fans were clapping. They were cheering. Kreider was banging his stick on the ice. Uh, you know, he was definitely really excited to have everybody back. A lot of the players in their post-game pressers talked about how great it was to have the fans back and feel that adrenaline, feel that Energy. Very cool atmosphere in Madison Square Garden last night. Look, obviously, this pandemic has been very rough for a lot of people. And I think that uh, it's important to keep things in perspective. Not having fans at sporting events, not necessarily the worst thing or even close to the worst thing that has been an effect of this pandemic. But you know what? It's still really nice to have people back. It's still really nice to take another step back toward normalcy. And hopefully, uh, maybe by the end of this season or Maybe more likely into next season, we can get back to packing Madison Square Garden to the rafters once it's deemed safe to do so. But this was really great. You know, they had the three-star presentation at the end of the game. Uh, Ryan Lindgren was the third star. He was really solid in this game. Lindgren had a pair of assists, a plus three rating, four hits, and one takeaway, So, and one block shot as well. So uh, Ryan Lindgren just basically playing Ryan Lindgren hockey. He was involved in a skirmish with Brad Marchand. Those two uh, very quickly becoming very heated rivals out there on the ice. They always seem to find each other Anytime the Rangers and Bruins play each other. It was just a chippy game in general. We'll talk a little bit more about some of those incidents as we go on here. But for the second star, you had Adam Fox. Just another night at the office for Adam Fox, pair of assists. Plus two rating, three block shots, and he led all Rangers with 21 minutes and 41 seconds of ice time. And then the top star of the night was Ryan Strome. He had a goal, two assists, a plus two rating, five shots on goal, one hit. Uh, Just a really fantastic night for Ryan Strom. He was very, very noticeable in this game. And I think this will go a long way towards silencing some of the doubters that, you know, oh, well, Ryan Strom, he he only had a good season last year because of Artemi Panarin. Look, he obviously saw a bump in production by way of playing on the same line with Artemi Panarin for nearly all of last season. But it was nice to see him uh, be able to stand on his own and get the job done here. And it was obviously great to see the Rangers score six goals on a night where they didn't have Artemi Panarin, on a night where they also didn't have Capo Caco, on a night where they also did not have... Filipino. And hopefully, Filipino is going to be coming back. Sam Rosen updated the Ranger fans listening to this game last night. It sounds like they're aiming to get him back for. Tuesday's game against the Buffalo Sabres. I don't know if that completely rules them out for Sunday's noon start against the Boston Bruins, but we'll just have to wait and see. And once again, just keep our fingers crossed that Filippito can get back into this lineup uh, sooner rather than later. And something that I've tried to do on this podcast, and again, thanks to everybody who's you know tuned in. Maybe you're listening for the first time today. Maybe you've listened to all 300 episodes. I don't know, somewhere in between. Uh, but again, thank you to everybody for tuning in and uh, allowing me to do this every day. Come on here, talk about my favorite hockey team. It's really been amazing. But one thing I wanted to do today. And one thing that I've been looking to do uh, kind of as this podcast has progressed over the last season, the last two seasons really, is trying to strike that right balance between you know a play-by-play recap and also just kind of providing analysis and storylines because I know that some people can't necessarily watch every game. I know that some people do watch every game and so there's not really that much of a need for a play-by-play recap. So I try to strike that right balance. But one thing I definitely want to do today, we're not going to go completely play-by-play, but we are going to talk about all six Ranger goals and just kind of break them down in the order that they happen and we'll spread them out throughout the episode. For right now, I think we'll go ahead and take a look at the first two New York Ranger goals. As of last night, I think that most of us thought that that first goal belonged to Julian Gauthier. It was going to be his second career goal and also his second goal of the season. I'm not sure if this happened last night. It's entirely possible that I missed it. But at some point along the way here, uh, that no longer is Julian Gauthier's goal. It got changed to Philip DiGiuseppe. So you've got Lindgren to Gauthier to Phil DiGiuseppe. But either way, a tremendous play by Julian Gauthier here. He's along the boards on the left side. Carlo tries to check him, and I swear, Gautier basically, like, turned into a football player for a second and threw a stiff arm. He just stuck out his right arm and basically just pushed Carlo away. Then he circles back, moves into the left face-off circle, and lets it fly, and it does look like, looking at this replay now, that maybe it just got a little piece of Phil DiGiuseppe on its way to the net and it goes in. But either way, a one nothing lead for the Rangers. A fantastic play by Julian Gauthier. I've kind of been campaigning for him to get a little bit more ice time and get a little bit more of an opportunity, get a little bit more run in the top nine. And I think right now, like I've been saying, this is a better time to do it than any time that The Rangers have had over these last couple of seasons, because you got no Panarin, you got no Capo Caco, you got no Filippito, and so the opportunity is ripe for the taking, and I know that these kind of chances have to be earned, you have to play well, and uh, kind of force your way up the lineup, but if there's ever a chance to find out what this former first-rounder Julian Gauthier can do, I really do think now is the time, and his ice time saw an uptick last night. He got 11 minutes and 24 seconds. Of course, that was still last among all Ranger forwards, and in fact, all Ranger players, but... He's always going to be hurt on ice time a little bit by the fact that he doesn't really play on the power play. He was out there for 19 seconds on the main advantage last night. And he doesn't really play on the penalty kill either. So... Yeah, he's, he's going to lose out on ice time just by way of the fact that he does not play on either one of those two units, at least not very often, but it was nice to see Julian Gauthier get more involved, nice to see him use his strength here and uh, end up assisting Phil Giuseppe. It's unfortunate that we didn't know right away that this was Phil Giuseppe's goal because this would have been his first goal of the season. It was his first goal of the season. Uh, we didn't really get to celebrate it. He didn't really get to celebrate it the way that I think we would have liked him to have that chance to be able to, but regardless... Phil DiGiuseppe, a hardworking player, shows up to play every single night, really physical player, goes in strong on the 4 one of the best four-checkers that the Rangers have. You can move this guy up and down the lineup. He's never going to really feel too far out of place. Somebody who sets a tone for this team. You know, I don't remember seeing this much out of Phil DiGiuseppe last year in terms of just being such a physical force out there. Maybe he was, and I just don't remember it. I mean, he only played 20 games with the Rangers last season, but man, he definitely brings something to the table for this team, and it was awesome to see him get rewarded here, even though we didn't know it at the time uh, with his first goal of the season. We'll go to the Rangers' second goal here, and this one occurred just two minutes and 32 seconds into the second period. Great play by Chris Kreider to set this up. He ends up getting the secondary assist, Alexei Lafreniere with the primary assist, and in fact, the first assist of his NHL career, and Lafreniere sets up Ryan Strom, uh, so Kreider really made this thing happen. The puck is in the neutral zone. The Bruins have possession. Kreider lifts his man's stick. He takes the puck away. He approaches the blue line, and he passes to his left. A nice backhand pass to Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere has the puck along the boards, and he dishes across the ice. A beautiful pass. Put some sauce on it. Got the puck to Ryan Strom he had to put a lot of speed on this pass because otherwise it probably would have gotten broken up by one of the Bruins. He had to get it there fast. It was a long pass. Ryan Strom receives it and he puts it just inside the near post. In fact, it caught a piece of the near post off the iron into the net. A beautiful sound, a beautiful sight and the Rangers up two to nothing just like that. Like we said, Ryan Strom really stepped up big in this game and he's somebody that the Rangers are going to have to lean on pretty heavily uh, given that they are without a lot of their biggest offensive scoring threats. So, you know, Ryan Stromy was there last year, had a career year for the Rangers. He's got to find a way to do it without Artemi Panarin and he was able to to do exactly that last night. Great to see Lafreniere get his first assist. And with Kreider, man, he's on fire right now. And th- this is Chris Kreider to a T, is it not? He was ice cold to start the season. He's absolutely on fire right now. He just flips the switch, it seems like. And the next thing you know, he's looking like one of the best players in the NHL. It does kind of drive you crazy. He's cold, he's hot, he's cold, he's hot, he's cold, he's hot. But this is kind of what we sign up for with Chris Kreider. He is a streaky player, and this is just seemingly how it's going to be probably for the rest of his career. I mean, he's almost 10 years into his NHL career at this point, and it's been 10 years of this. He's hot and cold, and he's hot and cold. And, you know, Right now, he's in a hot streak. He's stepping up in the absence of a couple of other Rangers scoring threats like we talked about. No better time than now, if you're Chris Kreider, to really take the bull by the horns, really play your A game of hockey. Uh, It's not just the goals. It's not just the points. You know, obviously, he had uh, a hat trick in the most recent game against the... Philadelphia Flyers, and he had a goal in the game against the Capitals before that, a 4-1 Ranger win, but he just looks like a man possessed out there. He just looks like an absolute bulldog, playing some tenacious hockey. All the goals that he's scoring, he's right there in the crease, you know, creating havoc, making things happen, and uh, here, he just wanted the puck more than the Bruins wanted the puck, and he took it away, made a nice pass to Lafreniere, set the whole thing in motion. This goal doesn't happen without Chris Kreider, and he continues his recent streak of just fantastic play for this team. Today's episode of Locked New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, is the relationship broken between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Something else I wanted to talk about is the Rangers' choice to make Anthony Boteto a healthy scratch and leave Jack Johnson in the lineup. I was actually okay with this, and here's why. Um, I don't really think that the last game, the most recent game against the Flyers, was Potato's best night. I think overall, Anthony Potato has definitely exceeded expectations for this team so far this season, but again, it just wasn't a great night. It wasn't a structurally sound night for the New York Rangers in general against the Philadelphia Flyers, and Potato in that game, you know, he didn't really stand out a whole lot one way or the other, but he did have one really bad turnover, and that gave Giroux a one-on-one with Igor Shesterkin. Igor managed to keep the puck out of the net, but... Boteto had to take a penalty to try to prevent Giroux from scoring. So that left the Rangers shorthanded, and that came at a time pretty late in the third period when the Rangers were still chasing a goal. So that obviously puts you behind the eight ball. Uh, You know, you got to kill off a power play and then try to score a goal with, you know, 2.30 left or three minutes left or whatever it was at that time. But the bottom line, the Rangers were chasing a goal uh, with about five minutes remaining there. Anthony Boteto makes a mistake. Leaves them shorthanded, and now you got to kill off this power play before you really even think about trying to, uh, you know, get the game-winning or game-tying goal, rather. So, not the best of nights for uh, Anthony Potato. And on top of that, you know, Jack Johnson, I know he has his critics. I can even include myself in that a little bit, but you figure you're going up against the Boston Bruins. They're a big, tough physical team. Uh, these games have gotten chippy. The previous two games that the Rangers and Bruins have played against each other this season. So, if there's going to be trouble, uh, Jack Johnson is a big guy. I think he will fight if the occasion calls for it. And, you figure it's going to be a physical, tough, nasty game, so not the worst thing in the world to have Jack Johnson out there. He can throw his weight around a little bit. And he made what I think was probably his best play as a New York Ranger in this game last night. So the Rangers at this time, uh, the Bruins, have cut the lead to 2-1, to one, and they are on the power play. And somebody, I believe it was Bergeron, got behind the other Ranger defenseman, I believe it was Liber Hayek, who was out there with Jack Johnson on the penalty kill. He just made a really nice move, got around Liber Hayek, and looked like he was going in for what was going to be an A-plus scoring opportunity, one-on-one with Alex Georgiev. But Johnson immediately reacted as soon as, uh, again, I believe it was Bergeron. But as soon as he got around the defenseman, Johnson moved over there, uh, extended his stick about as far as he could, and basically just knocked the puck away. So that was a fantastic play by Jack Johnson because who knows what happens there if he doesn't make that play. You know, maybe the Bruins tie the game there. It's 2 to 2 at this point. Now the Bruins are feeling good. They were down 2 nothing. Now it's 2 to 2. Maybe they kind of catch fire at that point and uh, go on to win this game. I mean, you never know what can happen. You never had know how, you know, a certain goal can affect the momentum of a game. Uh really an outstanding play by Jack Johnson there and again, I think it was the best play he's made since he's been wearing a Ranger uniform. You know, we touched on the physicality just a second ago. A stat that might surprise you a little bit. Is the Rangers have played the Bruins three times this season, and they've actually out hit the Bruins in all three of these matchups. In the first game, the Rangers out hit the Bruins twenty-nine to twenty one. In the second game, they outhit the Bruins thirty-one to twenty-three. And then last night, they outhit them actually by the smallest margin of any of these three games. They out hit them thirty two to twenty-eight. But obviously, you know, the Bruins, they're physical, and it's great to see that the Rangers can play that game if they need to. They can give it right back, they can give as good as they get. And uh, we saw that in this game last night. And the Rangers were playing very physical right out of the starting blocks in this game. They actually put 17 hits on the Bruins in the first period, and that was the most hits for any one period by the New York Rangers this season. So that was awesome to see, uh, just setting a physical tone right from the get-go there. And no real surprise here, but Kevin Rooney and Philip Giuseppe led the way in the hits department. They both came up with five hits on the night, and then you had Ryan Lindgren. We already talked about him, but he had four hits, and then Pavel Buchnevich actually dishing out three hits and actually, uh, you know, kind of um. He got a good piece of Brad Marchand, shall we say, knocked him to the ice. Uh, Marchand had to limp to the bench. It was kind of knee-on-knee contact. I don't think that was Bucinavich's intent on that play, but be that as it may, it's really hard to have a lot of sympathy for a guy like Brad Marchand because if Brad Marchand didn't take this knee-to-knee hit, he would have been dishing one out to Bucinavich or Lindgren or whoever else. Uh, There was an incident earlier in this game you know, the hit from Buchnevich to Brad Marchand, that happened in the third period. But in the second period, you know, Ryan Lingren and Brad Marchand, they always seem to find each other out there. And Lindgren actually knocked Marchand to the ice twice behind the Ranger net. Clean as a whistle, nothing dirty about it. Just good physical play, knocking Marchand down shouldn't be an issue. But then moments later, on the same shift, they both kind of work their way into the neutral zone. And, you know, Brad Marshan is is basically throwing a sucker punch at Ryan Lingren, And then one of Marshan's teammates comes over and knocks Lingren down to the ice. And while Lingren is down, Marchand cross-checks him in the face. And Lingren is bleeding from his nose from this. And then Marchand has the, I don't even know what to call it, the temerity, I suppose, to actually argue this penalty. He gets caught you know, cross-checking Lindgren in the face after he had already sucker-punched him. He goes off for two minutes. He's probably lucky it was only two minutes. And, I mean, you could have called two separate minor penalties on this, one for the punch and one for the cross-check to the face. So Marchand goes off. And something else that I noticed about the Bruins last night, because Marchand took another penalty later in the game. He was arguing about that one. Nick Ritchie took a clear-as-day tripping penalty. He tripped Brennan Smith behind the Ranger net. Do the Bruins ever take a penalty and not immediately start whining to the referees about it? that's something to keep an eye on. Let's keep an eye on that going forward because the Rangers and Bruins are going to play each other another five times this season. Maybe I'm overstating it. Maybe I'm exaggerating. That's entirely possible. It might just be a Marchand thing and then, you know, Nick Ritchie this one time. But I don't know. I feel like I've kind of picked up on that over these last, you know, two seasons and especially this year. But we'll keep an eye on that going forward. Like we said, uh, you know, the Rangers and Bruins are going to play each other another five times this year. So we'll keep an eye if that becomes a trend. Let's get back to these Ranger goals, shall we? So the Rangers, it's late in the second period at this point. They're still up two to one. They get a power play opportunity. Adam Fox and Ryan Strome, they just play a little bit of pitch and catch. Eventually, Fox tees one up from the blue line, lets it go through traffic, and it goes into the net. Colin Blackwell gets the deflection. He was kind of positioned in the slot area, got a little piece of it, deflected at home. Rangers go up 3-1, to one, uh, just 10 seconds into the man advantage, and with just 108 remaining in the second period. So that was awesome. You know, nice to see the power play continue to, to step it up. They've been a lot better recently coming through in these last couple of games with a couple of goals on the man advantage. That's a unit that had really struggled for the Rangers earlier this season mm And Colin Blackwell, I mean, you know, we talked about coming into this season, you know, we're previewing the season, we're going through best case scenario and worst case scenario for every single player on the New York Ranger roster. But one question that I kept bringing up throughout the entire offseason is, who is going to be this year's Ryan Lindgren? And what I mean by that is somebody that you're not really thinking about, doesn't really have a lot of fanfare, you don't even necessarily really expect them to make the team on the opening night roster. And granted, Colin Blackwell did not make the opening night roster, but he eventually found his way in there. Somebody that's just completely unheralded and ends up up just vastly exceeding all expectations. It's Colin Blackwell, and there's actually a couple players like that on the Rangers. I mean, certainly you could say Ke'Andre Miller has vastly exceeded expectations. Phil DiGiuseppe has really been a force for the Rangers, really a strong forechecking presence for this team. I think Kevin Rooney has given the Rangers more than they probably could have expected, but I think Colin Blackwell has to be the most pleasant surprise for the New York Rangers this season. Probably even more so than Ke'Andre Miller. And the reason why I say that is because, yes, Ke'Andre Miller is a rookie. Yes, he is very young, just 20 years old. And yes, he has vastly exceeded all expectations. Like I've been saying on here, I think he's one of the best stories of the Rangers season thus far. But even with all that said, Ke'Andre Miller was a first-round draft pick by this New York Ranger team. So the Rangers, they were high on him. They knew that he had this in him. But with Miller, I think it's a little bit more of a case of he's just arrived sooner than anyone expected. I think the Rangers eventually expected him to become this kind of a player, maybe just not so soon. But with Colin Blackwell, I mean, this is just completely out of nowhere, just a seemingly random free agent signing, somebody to just give you some organizational depth. And he's been absolutely fantastic for the Rangers so far this season. That was his 10th game last night. He's already up to four goals and three assists, seven points. That's more points than you thought Colin Blackwell was going to get all season, if you're being honest with yourself. So, yeah, obviously great stuff. Uh, He gets a deflection. He scored on a deflection at least one other time this season. Uh, Just looks like a a good all around player. He's got better speed than I think a lot of us probably would have realized going into the season. And again, one of those guys he can move up and down the lineup, put him with anybody. He never really feels out of place. And. It's at least possible that he's a little bit of a late bloomer. I mean, he is 27 years old, and he's only played in a total of 43 career NHL games, but he's also never really been given an opportunity. He played 27 games with the National Predators last season, six games with the Predators the season before that, and he was a seventh-round draft pick by the San Jose Sharks all the way back in 2011. So Colin Blackwell finally getting an opportunity and absolutely taking advantage of it. And then just 12 seconds later, and with only 56 seconds remaining in the second period, the Rangers make it 4-1. So think about this. With a minute 10 remaining in the second period, the Rangers were leading the Bruins 2-1. Going to be another really tense, nail biting third period, and going to be another situation where the Rangers have to protect the one-goal lead in the third period, which has been something of an issue this season. But instead, you get the goal from Colin Blackwell on the deflection, and then you just get a fantastic individual effort from Chris Kreider. Again, he's just playing like a man-possessed right now, a complete bulldog, basically He's going for the puck behind the goal line, and he just runs right through the Boston Bruin defenseman. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here, but it was Uro Vakanainen, And basically, I mean... Kreider looked like a fullback going up the middle on third and one on this play. He just ran right through him, goes around behind the net, comes back in front, kind of shoots from a weird angle, kind of a sharp angle, and you don't really expect it to go in. But hey, sometimes good things happen when you throw the puck at the net. That was the case here. The puck deflected off of Charlie McAvoy's skate and went into the net. Chris Kreider makes it 4-1 to with less than a minute remaining in the second period. And just like that, in the span of 12 seconds, the Rangers score twice. And what you think is going to be a 2-1 to lead going into the third period, now a 4-1 to lead going into the third period. Every Friday on Locked On NHL, join Jody Biassi of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we're 20-plus minutes into this episode at this point, and I don't think I've even said the name Alex Georgiev yet, but uh, I'm definitely due to talk about his performance in this game. He was very, very good. I would stop short of saying that it was one of these complete stin on your jaw-dropping type of goalie performances that we see in the NHL from time to time. But in some ways, that's actually a good thing because it means the Rangers were defensively sound for the most part and, uh, you know, preventing scoring opportunities from a Boston Bruins team that obviously can create a lot of them. But Georgiev was great, stopped 31 of 33 shots. This is his second strong performance in a row Back on February 18th against the Flyers, he stopped 20 of 22 shots to claim the win in a shootout, so his second consecutive victory as well. The game before that was at home against these very same Boston Bruins. That was the game that the Rangers lost in overtime, so nice to see him get a little bit of payback here, shut the Bruins down for the most part for the entire night, and uh, make some really nice saves. I thought his most impressive uh, sequence in this game was in the second period because there was a long time there where the Rangers were just clinging to that 2-1 to lead. Uh, Boston was beginning to spend a little bit more time in the Rangers' zone. This was maybe Boston's best, uh, you know, stretch of the night, was in the middle portions of the second period here. And Georgiev made some really nice saves with the Rangers, still just leading 2-1 to one at that time. This went on for about 14 or 15 minutes before we had the goal by Colin Blackwell late in the second period, and then Chris Kreider scoring 12 seconds after that. So Georgiev really held down the fort at that time, would not let the puck get by him. And, uh, you know, again, a key reason why the Rangers won this game. Really nice to see. Hey, the Rangers have two goalies firing on all cylinders right now. You know, I know Igor Shesterkin let in four goals in his most recent game. I think that's a little bit uh, misleading as far as how well he played in that game. But we've gone from both goalies struggling early in the season to both goalies playing pretty well right now. So if you're a Ranger fan, you got to feel really good about that going forward. And uh, not sure if they've announced a goalie for Sunday afternoon's game against these very same Bruins. I would imagine it would probably be Igor Shosturkin. But either way, you know, both these goalies obviously playing a lot better now than they did at the start of the season. Rangers also got the penalties under control, which was obviously nice to see. I mean, the Flyers in the most recent game had eight power play opportunities. You're not going to win too many games, giving the opposition eight chances on the main advantage. And in this game, the Rangers only give the Bruins three power play opportunities. The Rangers had four power play opportunities. And the Ranger penalty kill once again steps up against a dangerous unit. The Bruins go 0 for 3 on the power play. The Rangers were 1 for 4 on the power play. And I don't think any of these penalties were too egregious, except for maybe the one that Brandon Lemieux took. Uh, there was a big skirmish in front of the Ranger net, and this also Happen when the Rangers were still clinging to that two to one lead, so the timing couldn't have been much worse. But uh, Brandon Lemieux basically uh, pulls his guy down, you know, kind of grabs him by the back of the shirt and just yanks him down to the ice. He goes off for two minutes for roughing. I can't argue the penalty there. I mean, Lemieux, look, I know he's out there to mix it up. I know he's out there to get inside the heads of his opponents and be a pest. But you got to be a little bit smarter than that. We've talked about this with Brandon Lemieux. This is where he gets himself in trouble, and this is where he finds himself a healthy scratch on some nights. I think right now he's probably safe because the Rangers have so many forwards injured I don't think you're gonna pull Brand Lemieux off the ice even if you get Filipo back for the next game but he's got to be smarter than that because that's how he finds his way into Coach Quinn's doghouse and you don't want to see that you want to see Brand Lemieux out there these are these are his kind of games these chippy nasty games with a division rival you know against the Boston Bruins here uh, this is where Brand Lemieux thrives but you can't take foolish penalties like that and uh, put your team in a bad spot. Good night in the face-off circle for the Rangers as well. They win 51% of the draws. It doesn't really jump off the page, but any time where the Rangers win more than half of their face-offs, I will happily sign up for that on any night. And the Bruins, one of the best face-off teams in the NHL. So to uh, win more than half of the draws against... Uh, team that's as good on the face-off circle as the Bruins are. That's impressive. Nice job by the Rangers last night. And for some context, the first game that the Rangers played against the Bruins this season, the Bruins won 69% of the faceoffs. In the second game, the Bruins won 54%. So the Rangers obviously moving in the right direction there. And like I said, I will happily sign up. I don't care who the opponent is. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care how the game unfolds. If the Rangers can win 50% or more of their face-offs, I will happily sign up for that any given night. And that goes double when you're playing a team in the Bruins that's as proficient in the face off circle as they are. But hey, let's get back to these Ranger goals here and let's go ahead and talk about their fifth and sixth goals of the evening. So Ryan Lindgren has the puck right at the point and he moves the puck down the boards to Pavel Buchnevich. Buchnevich receives the pass with his momentum kind of taking him back toward the blue line. So he gets control of the puck and then he passes across the ice to Adam Fox. Now Fox Slowly moves in toward the Bruin net. I didn't really have a ton of speed here, but he was being very deliberate on purpose because I think he was anticipating Pavel Buchnevich going to the Bruins net. And that's exactly what Buchnevich did here. Great to see Buchnevich use his size, use his strength, go to the uh, prime real estate scoring areas here. Uh, Fox delays her as long as he can. Finally passes to his left to Buchnevich. And Bucinavich, an easy tipping goal to make it 5-1 Rangers early in the third period. The teams were skating four aside at that point. But, you know, again, less than two minutes into the third, Bucinavich scores here, runs the Ranger lead up to 5-1 at that point. The pass from Fox here was absolutely fantastic. He put the puck too far away from the Bruins defenseman for him to be able to get it with his stick, but he also uh, didn't put it so far that Tuka Rask was going to be able to get a piece of it with his right pad, just in a perfect position, and Buchnevich like I said, easy tip and goal for the Rangers to make it 5-1 at that point. And then this last goal was just absolutely beautiful, and I don't think Brennan Smith got enough credit for the play that he made here to set the whole thing up. It goes from Brennan Smith to Kevin Rooney to Johnny Brzezinski, but Smith has the puck behind the Ranger net, and the Bruins are kind of looking to trap him back there, go in, uh, try to force a turnover, presumably. Smith bangs the puck off of the glass and out of the Ranger zone. It zips right through the neutral zone, and Kevin Rooney is there to pick it up in stride. He's got all of his speed, uh, you know, carrying him into the Bruins zone, and he goes up the left side there. Dishes to his right to Johnny Brodzinski. Brodzinski lays out just full on head first dive to tip the puck, get a piece of it, and knock it into the Bruins net. And to boot, you know, he took down a Bruin defenseman with him, and both of them basically just crash into two caras. Just put the exclamation point on what was an absolutely fantastic night for the New York Rangers. He scores three forty three into the third period, makes the score six to one at that point. Some other Ranger news is that Tarmo Runinen and Tim Gettinger have both been promoted from the AHL to the taxi squad, so we will keep our eyes there. I mean, I think a lot of people probably a little bit more interested in Tarmo Runinen than Tim Gettinger, but Gettinger got into a couple of games last season for the Rangers and, uh, you know, did okay. He's not going to uh, be the most dynamic player out there, but somebody who's good to have around his organizational depth, but Tarmo Runanen A defenseman taken by the Rangers in the fourth round in 2016, going number 98 overall. The Rangers seem to be pretty high on him. I know a lot of Ranger fans on social media seem to want to put him out there and see what he can do, and we might be one step closer to that at this point. Uh, We'll see how it goes. We'll see if he makes his New York Ranger debut in relatively short order or what happens next there. But either way, you know, it's always exciting to see uh, a rookie, a fairly highly touted rookie, make his debut with the Rangers. So we will keep our eye on that going forward. And the only other thing left to do today is to once again just thank you guys so much. Seriously, it means the world to me uh, that you guys continue to listen to this podcast and just allow me to come on here and uh, talk about the New York Rangers every single day. It's, It's been just an absolute blast. It's been great getting to know a couple of you guys through emails, through DMs on Twitter, other Twitter interactions, whatever it might be. You know, we've got the Locked On New York Rangers Fantasy Hockey League going on right now. I'm getting my butt kicked this week by Andrew. I'm down 8-2, to so we'll see if I have a rally in me, but probably not. Andrew's got a heck of a team. And you know what? It's the 300th episode. While we're talking about the Fantasy League here, let's just go ahead and shout out the top three teams in the standings thus far. In third place, you've got Criders of the Moon. That is a team managed by VAD. He is 34, 11, and 5. In second place, you've got the Jiggly Wigglies, which is managed by Constantine. Uh, Constantine has a record of 32, 15, and 3. And then leading the pack right now in first place, you got the Topeka Tiger Sharks. They are managed by Joe. He's got an astounding record of 36, 8. I okay. And six. So we'll see how that all shakes out down the stretch. But either way, 20 team league, uh, it's been a lot of fun playing fantasy hockey with you guys. It's been a lot of fun, like I said, interacting with you guys on social media. It really is a fun little community that we've created here. And it's been a lot of fun going through the Rangers season last year with you guys, uh, going through the Rangers season so far this year with you guys. Of course, the Rangers have been up and down like a yo yo this year, but they have won three out of four. And I don't know, I just had a gut feeling that the Rangers were going to beat the Bruins last night. They've played this team very competitively in the other two games this season, came up short both times. I just had a feeling if we We saved episode number 300. We'd be celebrating a win here today, and uh, it's been awesome to do that with you guys as well. I really had a lot of fun doing this episode today. So, again, thank you guys so much. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please do not be a stranger. Happy to talk hockey with everybody. I always write back, uh, whether it's email, Twitter, whatever it might be. Uh, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well. You can send me a DM on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thank you again so much, you guys, and I will see you next time.